Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Jess. Hello, Elsie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah, are you sure? This seems like neither of us is paying attention to this conversation. <laughs> what? Are there other things uh, that are uh, happening? What? What? Uh, oh, yeah. we have a show to do. Oh, oh yeah. we're recording. Oh, sorry. Right. I've never been so swamped in my life. I know. I can, yes. I love it, but it's, well, yeah, but it's also, it's really making me like, oh, it's like I eat, sleep, and breathe proposals and advertising which is great yeah but you are missing an action in my life (laughs) it's so true (laughs) (sighs) and so it's very annoying when you know people are busy when you're not as um well i'm busy but not quite particularly like you like i don't have stuff like that that i'm busy um yeah and then i had a weird scenario i didn't even yeah his, you know, Mercury and retrograde, I know you hate when I talk about it, but I it is know. really affecting everything. Uh, not with me, but I think people, sometimes I feel like certain signs or people get hit with it more than others. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, like, so like the other night we, we scheduled an Uber mm-hmm. for, to pick Scott up at the airport at 3am. Why? Because he has a 6am flight. Why? Because he likes to get to Colorado and go right to meetings. Why? I don't know. So um, we scheduled the Uber and he's like, Uber black. I want to have more room to stretch out. And I was like, well, what? It's like twice as much. That's what I want. Company's paying for it. So that's what I want. I'm like, all right. So 3 a.m. rolls around. No Uber black. The Uh the, The app just goes, we're sorry. There are no cars available. And he was like fuming and furious and stomping. And what do I do now? I'm going to be late. Oh, my God. So I had to give Isaac to my mom and take him to the airport three in the morning. And then he texts me from the airport to tell me that he lost his debit card and his sunglasses somewhere in the packing process. Oh, my God. Then he gets to Colorado and there's a crack in the windshield of the car that they wanted to rent to him. So he has to wait an extra hour for them to find him a new car. Then he misses his exit in Colorado and ends up having to take a scenic tour all the way around the city of Denver to come back to where he was going to go. Then the day before, I mean, the day before he even left, he was working on a presentation and lost access to his as like his company just <laughs> dropped his access Holy to crap. his stuff. So once he gets to Colorado and gets to the right exit and has the right car, he now has to spend four hours in IT while they fix whatever access problem he has. He's there to have a meeting in person but can't do it because he's stuck in IT. So he has to have a conference call in the in on a different floor from the people he's supposed to be meeting. It was just so ridiculous. Then he goes back to his hotel room and 
the heater's broken. It's set on 60, but it's like blasting 80 degrees where the heat in there. So he's dying. What more? What more, I ask you? Could happen to a man. That's not good. That's some I, travel shit right there. That's some travel that's, scary. That's, yeah, because that's, that's, yeah, that's a lot. I feel bad for him. That's horrible. That is uh, some bad travel mojo. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, 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 I do kind of, you know, in what's really tough about um, this is what I do align with when it comes to Mercury being in retrograde or any of the astrological things. I think that the influence on humans is a viable thing. I think that there are times when you are more susceptible to certain um, energies, you know, but like um, let's let's take it away from just sort of Mercury retrograde and just say like in during the holidays, would you say that a lot of people are slightly more emotional in some way, shape or form? Mm-hmm. either in a positive way or a negative way. Like there are certain parts in certain times in, you know, the year, seasons possibly, where we are more influenced by things that are going around culturally, right? And so mm-hmm. I would say like the epitome of that would be the holidays, that there are some people who really love it and it's like all the stuff and maybe the majority of us, I guess, you know, the general public gets stressed out and, oh, my gosh, there's some of the stuff and, like, you know, peace and love and joy and joy and happy, happy family, family most of the time, even though you're stressed out. But then there's people who are really in a negative place. You know, they've never really had uh, a, a wonderful time in the holidays or it maybe brings up a lot of crap. All right. So that's like just a general way. I think that that happens with Mercury and retrograde as well, that there are some people who are more influenced by these seasons um, that may or they, they may or may not be aware of. Um, what I do, what I don't like kind of, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it is when you feel like the world is conspiring against you, sort of like the computer breaks down and the bus is late. And, you know, just like you were talking about, like the heater's broken in his hotel room. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't think that like anybody's personal energy is going to affect the heater in a hotel room to be broken. That just happens to be what's happening at that point. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, and and I may, maybe it is the building, maybe it's the building's crap. Maybe it's the owner of the hotel who didn't, you know, follow up on their usual heater stuff maybe they're having troubles and they decided you know financial troubles and they didn't pay the guy to come fix it and it's now affecting somebody else that could be a thing but um i don't know it's like yeah but i've been going through that crap too as you know yeah (laughs) but in different ways like your stuff isn't breaking but you're having ghosts yes exactly i'm having ghosts and so it's kind of kind of insane it's a more of a like i telling you like more like gonna like a personal thing rather than like my computer isn't working and i can't um yeah you know i don't know whatever knock wood i don't feel any effects of it yet and i'm not sure why you nothing's breaking nothing's like i don't have any ghosts i'm not having communication problems with anyone at the moment that i know of right (laughs) No, you're like, um, I mean, I people could hate me behind my back. 
Um, right. It's always, I'm always open to the possibility that people hate me without telling me. Mm, yeah. And I mean, our weekly feedback does sort of illustrate that I'm being misunderstood and that's fine. But right now it's not as strong as it is for the people around me. Right. I think that, but there's been other times where you've been more highly affected than I, like I, I I've been like, you know, where you're what? like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I like, what? What Mercury? What retrograde? What? I don't know what any of this means or is. Exactly. No, it's like, you know, it's that kind of crap, which is kind of insane. But um, I don't know. But moving on. Meh. <laughs> Meh. Um, but we were just, you know how we talked about last year? Last year. Um, last episode that we were interviewed by Dave Jackson for um, Podfest Chronicles. Well, I think that our episode will be live by the time this episode goes live. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that you guys can listen. And when I say that, it's because um, Jess and I talk about what Podfusion is and all the funness that Podfusion can be for you guys, the community that's listening. Um, And it actually is going to come into play here as we go into some of these news that we'll be kind of tapping into in a little bit. And uh, I am even more if that's even possible, uh, excited and more, um, how do you say it when you truly, truly believe on in something? Like when you really like back stuff up, like where you're like, I am, you know, so into conviction. this. You have I don't know conviction. You have conviction. I'm just so delicious. Oh. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> delicious conviction would be good. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I'm no, very, but I mean, when you have strong convictions. Yeah, I have strong convictions about what Podfusion is for podcasters, particularly the event of Podfest as celebrating and empowering indie podcasters for what they do and what is what we are capable of doing and to, to really um, embody what a podcaster really, really is. So um, check that out in the link in the show notes. La, la, la. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, but do you want to get into some of the feedback that we got for the last episode? Was it the last episode? Could we? Yeah. So right now you're like, could we? So um, we got a, a really lovely email from Amy. Amy, who is not a podcaster, and mm-hmm. I don't think she even wants a podcast. <laughs> Yay! I mean, that's great. I love it that we are crossing over to people who want nothing to do with podcasting other than just listen. Um, but it's just some feedback about, you know, uh, education and and teachers being um, tech adverse or perhaps not. Um, how would you say it? Like they don't have any um, resources to learn about new tech and things like that. Would that would you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Amy says that she's a public, uh, you know, she's been a public education teacher for uh, 20 years and she listens to our podcast, not because I, she podcasts, not because she wants to start one for, for any other reason that um, Amy Robles, yay, from Think Enriched, who is a fantastic human being, got me hooked and we are funny and we have some valid points to make. (laughs) Most of the topics we discuss are interesting, but necessarily um, valid to me. Is that what that means? But necessarily valid to me. Yeah. Like... Um, I'm not sure that she phrased that correctly. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe um, not valid to her, but it, we are entertaining, which is perfectly fine because there's a lot of um, yeah, stuff. Yeah, not like, necessarily valid. Yeah, to I her. think that yeah. there's a not missing in there. <clears throat> so she wanted to kind of like um, let us know what the educational state is like out there. 
um, for teachers learning tech, mm-hmm. right? And um, it seems like, uh, yeah, that the basically the education for teachers, for the most part, relies on their ability to. Um, so it's kind of like a self, not self-imposed, but you have to really want it. And the district or the educational forces around will really empower teachers to be able to do that, to get their education. Um, so they helped pay for Amy to actually shift from um, kind of like a home ec kind of um, skill building place to um, uh, she's been teaching technology and basic computer programming for two years, which is kind of cool because she just like learned that in the District, district yeah, health. Yeah, she do taught that. herself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then when you asked who teaches the teachers this stuff, um, she says that teachers do. They teach ourselves, and we stay modern and current. Um, and uh, and I guess it really is a, a self-imposed kind of thing. I mean, if you're a teacher, you totally want to know all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, but she. I don't know her, right. so it's very hard to assume that I speak for all teachers, right? I don't know what school district she's in. I don't know what state it's in. Oh, it she's says in Utah. Palm- she's Utah. Hey, well, um, here in Thrillmington, Delaware, aka Murder Town, <laughs> I don't know that we get the same caliber of public school teachers, and the reason why is because there are a really a lot of they're not private schools, but we have something here called school choice. So, like, if we have regular public school, and there's plenty of it, but then. But then when um, if your kid gets good enough grades, you can choice them into these special schools. So there's one for like theater of the arts and it's middle school and high school. There's also an international baccalaureate program. There's also like um, something called uh, what's it called? Wait, wait, I can't remember my brain. There's a whole uh, uh, shit. It doesn't matter. There's these se- separate schools that I think take all the better educators. My kids were not in those like schools that I choice them into. They went regular um, feeder pattern. And in se- so seven years ago, she was in seventh grade and her English teacher told me that um, it would not be prudent for me to email her for updates on Emily because she never checks email. Oh. And that was like 1990. What was that? No, it was, te- it was seven years ago. So it was like, the year 2000 mm-hmm. that she was in seventh grade and she never checks her email. And then, you know, other times where for Nathan, I was trying to, I would email all the teachers and say, you know, what homework does Nathan have? And it was like, it was an email that I, that I scheduled to happen every other day to make sure that he would stay on track. I think out of the seven teachers he had, two of them would respond to me on a regular basis. Right. Um, none of them had the grades posted online or any kind of like they had this a capability where you could post the stuff online. It was always either outdated or the teachers didn't bother with it. So, yeah, like when I say that they can barely work their cell phone, that's my experience mm. that they don't that they either can't or didn't bother. So that's not to say that's the way it is in all school systems but i know that nathan my son went to the new jersey school system because the teachers are paid better there's more funding the education system is way better and he's on the honor roll whereas he spent the first two years in high school here barely making it so i mean yes it has been a couple years since i've been out i mean it says it says in her own words jess has been out of the public school system for years well my son's a senior so i haven't been out that long 
Um, but yeah, they are morons who can't work their own cell phones. And I'm sure there's no funding in public education. But and I'm sure that teachers do need to teach themselves. But what I was trying to say that is that in this case around here, they don't. They don't. They don't care. And I don't want to offend teachers who are like that. I grew up with plenty of people who became teachers who are amazing teachers. I have a million friends who are teachers and public school or non-public school. I'm sure that my experience isn't always the case, but, you know, it's still my experience. It's still it's terrible. So like you're so what I so the point the reason why this came up is because you were like teachers should tell their sixth graders about this and help them make a podcast like in my experience the chances of that happening are nil that's all i mean maybe in other school systems they would be excited and i'm great i'm happy that there's a conference in what the hell was that in palm spring <laughs> was that john i, I wasn't they taking were, pictures were... of you i wasn't taking pictures of you. sorry i mean thank you I know. because that was a picture worthy moment I want them to be more like you, Amy. I want them to teach themselves and and keep up on technology. Like I think that's the only way you can really be a good teacher. But I mean even history sort of tells you that like in the 1980s the teachers were behind and the night, you know, like aren't they always kind of like a little technology behind but yet you know cuz they're teaching stuff that never changes. Math Although that did change, didn't it? Yes, but like it history did. and grammar, like that stuff doesn't necessarily require you to know how to work an iPhone. It helps certainly you relate to children, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? Well, I think that there's a there's you know were te- your teachers all hip on the latest? What did they have all the VCRs and stuff or what? I don't know. You know, it's I like you have had a child who was you know Nathan's basically. Uh, is he already graduated or is he a senior right now? He's in midway senior year. Okay. So he's still in, in school. And I never had a child in school. The only um, uh, experience that, I, that I've that i had with the, uh, the proper school system as a whole has been, um, gosh, the, like what I was talking about before when I went into East LA schools with this program. That was possibly the last experience that I had coming in as an outsider and of course, my own personal experience within within school. Um, and, and again, you know, I mean, things have changed so much because what's right now, you know, when I I got my computer, like when I first started to doing any kind of where I bought my own computer in in two thousand and four, Jess. That's when I actually bought a computer that was mine that I had access to, and I started to. Um, really dive into what this world was that was the internet. So basically 12 years ago, and I'm in my, you know, in my mid forties. So I didn't even step into this until then. Now, if you start to think about the amount of things that I learned that was self-imposed and the majority of it via podcast, because that's how I learned everything. I don't think, you know, the capacity for me to learn about technology is huge for me to be able to now um, sort of know myself in and out of technology in this way, coming from a position of me thinking that AOL was the Internet and that if I pressed the wrong button, I was going to break the computer to being able to do what I'm doing at this moment is kind of 
it's it's mind blowing, particularly with the with even just twelve years of experience behind a computer. And even from then, just thinking about when my girls were born, of of how um, technology has shifted in such a dramatic way. Where you know, when Hunter was born, I I still didn't have an iPhone. I I hadn't gotten it because I was on a plan and I wanted to wait. And then the person that you know, the plan that I was with at that time was T-Mobile, and T-Mobile did not have an iPhone. So I had to wait till my art, till my plan was over to finally, finally get the iPhone four, even though I've been coveting it for years and years and years. And it was then that I started to really step into that, uh, into, into that, which was like, that was like Hunter's eight now. So that was about seven years ago, seven years ago where I started to get the iPhone and whatnot. And, you know, and how, comp- and and then technology keeps on moving and moving and moving and moving. Whereas I think that um, it's really hard to stay in the know. I mean, it technology moves so fast. I think that there's places, you know, she actually sent a, a, a really great tweet because um, Amy wanted to share with us uh, a, an awesome resource, which I actually put over here right at the bottom where it's Q, um, if you want to follow them on Twitter, it's um, their handle is C-U-E-I-N-C, so Q Inc. And uh, what they are, are these is this nonprofit edu, education org, basically, um, where they kind of do all kinds of really fun and inspiring things for people who want to learn about technology. And at the same time, they have, uh, it looks here like on their, on their, definition, not definition, what do you call that on their whatever uh, profile page here? It says that they um, are producers of like four different shows, <laughs> which is like insane. But um, you can find them over at q.org. It seems like this is one of the most incredibly empowering conferences that there are out to empower uh, the educational, basically, uh, leaders in the space or somebody, teachers and whatnot, to know about these new um, technological things. You know, they, they basically want to inspire um, learners by fostering community, personalizing learning, infusing technology, developing leadership, and advocating educational opportunities for all, no matter where they are. So that's something that's happening. I'm sure that's a full-time job. I mean, just keeping updated to what's happening out in the, in the cyberspace. Heck yeah. yeah. It's a full-time job just oh for God. podcasting alone. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just like- for this job is a full-time <laughs> job. How could we ever, you and I, I mean, for all the Google alerts in the world, yep. can't possibly, the second this show is over, there's going to be something we missed that needs to be talked about. That needs, yeah. And addressed and updated. And it's the new thing. And uh, try this out. And oh my gosh, this, the, you know, the play, everything's changing so much. So I completely understand. And, and, in order for you to educate yourself about this, you have to kind of be aligned and know where to even look for the latest and greatest, right? So uh, hats off to people who are really advocating for this stuff. And we hope that there's more of it. And specifically to underserved communities around this, you know, and then, and I've talked about this in terms of even just podcast listeners, people who happen to listen to a podcast or want to listen to podcasts or don't even know what podcasts are, but they are really the infrastructure around them isn't set up for them to consume the content. And unfortunately, most of the time, those lines are drawn based on 
on cultural settings or possibly socioeconomic, you know, paradigms. So they don't get an opportunity to listen as much as we do. Um, in fact, one of the questions that I have, again, going back to the radio public thing that we've been talking about that app, I finally got it to work and I was super, super excited. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I imported all my stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how to download an episode onto the app. Because why? As most of you guys know, I don't have unlimited bandwidth. I don't right. have the capability. Well, I don't have the I – ca- I can't. I can't just stream content. I can't sit there and just listen. I need to download when I'm in Wi-Fi. So that was one of the first things. And I'm like, okay, so Radio Public has just put this out. And mind you, I have not contacted them, so I do not have the, the, the proper answer for this. But, you know, if you want to really – grow the ability for people to consume content, you also have to provide it to where and what the parameters are around them. You got to provide the ability to download when you want mm-hmm. them because there's, pe- you know what I mean? And that basically yeah. what that's saying is like people who have unlimited capabilities to stream content or have, um, you know, unlimited data plans at home that, that have Wi-Fi. And I know that that shocks a lot of people. But, you know, with all the research that I've been doing around the issues that I've been going through, um, I found tons of articles on Ars Technica of people who are going exactly through the same thing that I am to the T and they are not living in the boonies. So, mm. it, you know, these issues exist. These are things that are happening yeah. out there. So I don't know. I just think that the one of the feelings that we have as podcasters or possibly as people who, who are in the industry, particularly the, the bigger names, such as the NPRs and the procasters and such, are really just thinking about innovation and, and pushing something forward when the infrastructure is not there to really let this whole podcasting thing grow. Because it doesn't matter how fun your app is. If people don't have access... It, they're not gonna. They're not gonna use it. How fun could it be anyway? Like, how fun could it actually be? How much more fun can it get? <laughs> it could be very fun. I mean, I would like to have something that delivers like cool content based upon the stuff that I'm listening to. I wouldn't like. I would like that. I, I love the the stuff that when I go into Netflix and then I, you know, I haven't been there for a while and I've been, you know, binging on a few things and I go into Netflix and then I have all of these new things that tell me, oh, these are all things that we think you should watch. And most of the time they're right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're always cool. going to be right because they know exactly. You. And that's what radio it's the beauty of Netflix. It, but the beauty of radio public is what that's what's based around. So mm-hmm. it. But I can't use it because I can't download the damn thing. At least at this moment, I can't. So anyway. But Amy, um, we really do thank you for... um Amy, I totally respect teachers, especially like you, the ones who are teaching themselves. I know that they have zero resources and that they work their ever-loving asses off to be good teachers and keep up with stuff and be relatable. And I so appreciate it. I... Unfortunately, have not had that experience here in Smellaware, but that doesn't mean that that's the way it is everywhere. Yep. It sucks, but I my point was just that I don't I didn't see old Mrs. Hoosenberry teaching her kid about podcasting. That was my point. And it's a t- stereotype, I guess. You're right. And uh, <laughs> and I, I apologize. but I do like that she totally <laughs> she actually she agreed with us about the other teacher. Remember when we were talking about this? Oh yes, actually, but then she goes. By the way, that pedophile should have been. Fun. No, <laughs> no, she didn't say she that. Didn't say she that. said. She, say that. <laughs> she said 
I was supposed to send feedback a while ago about that moron who had this sexually explicit podcast. So here it is. He's an idiot and should be fired at the end. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, Amy, we love you as well. And thank, thank you, you so for, much for listening. listening. Not even a podcaster. Thank you. Yes, we totally sorry we didn't. Sorry if I made assumptions about you. I wasn't making assumptions about you at all. Just the dumbasses that are teaching my kids. That's all. That is all. That is all. you. Okay. All right. So we have some news. We have some news. The news we can oh. use. Look at that. For the informed, informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Is it just me or do I sound like Walter Cronkite when well, I say that? Well, that's the, I think I love, that's, I was about that's your to favorite, say that. It? It's my favorite. I lo- I don't even know how, but it's per- it's perfection. It's perfection. Anyway. It's part Walter Cronkite and part, um, Bond, James Bond. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, yeah. you totally yes. I will. Yes. My terrible impression of it. Sean Connery and I Walter Cronkite. Love it. Not Cronkite. Brokaw. Not Brokaw. Brokaw. Oh, Brokaw. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Um, okay. All right. So here's some news, you guys. Um, our this is friend, news you can use. This is totally news that you can use. So Daniel, our friend Daniel Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast, um, and also uh, at the helm of podcasting, Podcaster Society, he is having mm-hmm. this really neat little giveaway thing. Uh, it's called. You can go over to Pod Christmas dot com, and it's like he's giving away like basically something. Uh, every day, every day until Christmas Day. So you guys still have some time when this comes out to at least get a couple little things. Um, uh, he, well, yeah. we should probably post about this in the group yeah. too. But yeah, and so it's really fun. It, it basically he's done a fantastic job. Did you see the he's link? Genius. Did you see the link? It's so cool. It's so well designed. Yeah. So anyway, um, go over to podchristmas.com. He's giving a little something away for podcasters every day. Did you see the image? Yeah. I hope that he did that himself, it's so cute. and it's not something he bought because it's a mic with a Santa hat. It's so cute. Which is ge- I have it's seen. So cool. I have seen that. I have used that. I have seen. I have oh, you used, have? Yeah, I have. That's a stock. I'm I mean, not sure I've if it's stock thing, but I have used that same sort of image as well for one of it's the person cool. in a long time. But it's very cute. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so all you basically all you have to do is you show up to podchristmas.com, and I do believe you just put in your information and whatnot. Oh and every day he gives away something for free for podcasters. Answer correctly to qualify. Who is giving this pod? Who is hosting this podcasting giveaway? A Santa. <laughs> B, the Easter Bunny, or C, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. Oh, my God. I mean, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. Because it's not the Easter Bunny. I totally know that. I mean, so then who do you pick? So anyway, podchristmas.com, C-H-R-I-S-T, not Xmas, podchristmas.com. Every day he's giving away something different from the 14th, which is actually today, to the 25th. But you have to enter every day. So my suggestion is to put it on your calendar, a little note ski, so that you remember to go to podchristmas.com every day and get your free gift. That was so generous of him. So generous. And smart, because I wonder if... This giveaway is leading up to him having a baby. I think he's slated to have a Christmas baby. He is slated to have a Christmas baby. He is. I mean, is that the official due date? or I, uh, You know, from what I read... I know it's his, coming up in the next couple of weeks. It is coming up. And he said... I like his email. He sent an email where he was talking about... Yeah. Like, he was like, I'm going to take... He, and, and rightfully so. Hiatus. He's a hiatus yeah. from his... From his show, which is smart. Dude, you are smart. But he yeah. said something like, the baby is coming within... 
a week or so or a couple like I don't know the way he worded it was it. Like, hold on hold on the, the way he stated it was perfect. yeah it says my wife and I are looking forward to meeting our first baby in only a couple or few weeks yeah exactly <laughs> that sounds like a man in a, under panic <laughs> <laughs> a couple or a few or maybe tomorrow I don't even yeah, know exactly. it's coming it's coming man the boats <laughs> Hi, this is Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast.com. I'm putting the Audacity to Podcast on a hiatus until late January, early February, because it's Christmas and New Year's coming up, and because of this. In a land near Cincinnati, (laughs) someone is lurking in the darkness. It's in the darkness already. Growing and waiting to get out. From award-winning podcaster Daniel J. Lewis. Oh, my God. And the absolutely gorgeous Jenny Lewis. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. Baby. (gasps) Coming New Year's Eve. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) Oh. Oh, Yes, that's right. My wife and I are looking forward to getting to meet our first son or daughter. We don't know yet. We're going to be surprised on the first one in late December, early January, sometime around then. So I will be working from home during the next couple months and making sure that I'm there to support my wife, to help in this incredible miracle of life and... And be part of this. Enjoy that. And, of course, be available for when she goes into labor. So I would appreciate the good thoughts, the prayers, the well wishes. That's all very greatly appreciated. That trailer gave me chills because I I was so terrified. It made me terrified for what's to come. For the baby, yes. Kind of. Yeah. So so here's my prayer for Daniel J. Lewis and his New Year's baby. I pray that while you're home, your child avoids... The what seems to be inevitable these days, colic, and that you have a vomit-free hiatus. That would because be the one thing I remember about being home is that Scott and I were constantly running around trying to figure out who was going to get vomited on next. Because it was like he would have a bottle and then he would vomit and then he would have to run around and find a towel and then I'd give him to him. Then he'd vomit some more down Scott's back and then I'd have to run to get a towel. It was like oh, constant vomit and running and the bouncing because the colic means constant bouncing. Um, I would like you to have a colic-free child. That is my wish for you, that you have vomit-free. Um, and that also you stay warm in the cold because having a January baby is cold. It's cold. It makes you feel a little isolated just because it's so cold. Well, where does he live? I think he lives in a place where it's probably going to be a little chilly and it kind of makes you feel like you can't take them out because it's so cold out. But don't feel like that. The mall's good for them. Oh, my right? God. I don't want to take them to wrong? the mall. No, I don't. I would not take the baby to the mall. There's too many germs. Oh, I didn't say you let people touch him. Well, I didn't say her. make a no. I we stayed. I would say stay in a cocoon for stay the next six for five for months this, for six <laughs> for at least six weeks. Six weeks. I don't play. think Emily saw the sunshine until she was like four months old because she was born January 22nd. I just was so she was so tiny because she was early, and I don't want to. Ta- same thing. I was like, I'm not taking this child out. Under any circumstances, it's so cold. But then, you know, with Nate, he was born in the summer. We were at the beach the following week, practically. And then with Isaac, born in November, like, yeah, I took him Christmas shopping. He was like six weeks, eight weeks old. It was We just were like, no one touched the baby. But we like, we we put toted him around just because it was something to do. 
Yeah, I had a little baby that had PTSD, so I didn't really take her anywhere. The first really? one, yeah. And then the second one, yeah, she was she was actually much, 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 much easier, and we did take her out a lot. Maymay was like ready for the world. But her isn't her birthday when's Hunter's birthday again? October, October, right? Yeah. And then isn't Maymay's close September. to September? Yeah, she's like right before. So you may have had better weather for her anyway. Yes, I did. And I actually had pretty good weather for Hunter, too. It's just that Hunter mm-hmm. was a PTSD child. She really was like, she was not ready to come to the world. Somebody came and ripped open her little home and then grabbed her Aww. and took her out. And she was so Aww. not ready for that to be happening at the moment. So she was in yeah. shock for uh, oh, uh, two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then she finally oh, um, was okay. But yeah, the first uh, we, uh, Randy and I have no memory of that time because it was perhaps the most traumatic experience of both of our lives. For Hunter? You for, mean? No, no, no. For all of us. We do not remember. We have completely uh, blacked out that part of our lives. <laughs> oh my God. It was hard. It was a horrific experience, I have to say. May May I mean, changed Emily all that. Emily was five weeks early and like I was induced, but it took 30, like it was like, you know, at the time they used, um, Pitocin, not as an IV, but like they would shove it up there or whatever. And Emily, I don't think she was so traumatized. I think one dose and she was like, all right, here we go, yo. (laughs) And she came right out. She seemed fine. It was not a ripping of any kind of from the home whatsoever. Yes. Isaac was a little different. He was more reluctant. Um, but I think that was just the way I was induced. Were you induced for Hunter? No, I had an emergency C-section. Oh, so um, yes, there was, was no quite... preparation whatsoever. In fact, we were not prepared. It was like, oh, here we are in the hospital. Oh, 15 minutes later, we had a baby. Holy Toledo! It was like that. It was like really like that, where all of us were in shock. Every single person was in shock. Mm. I didn't even so. And then so Hunter, yeah, it was it was a it was a horrible horrible wow. experience and. Yeah. Um, Daniel, I hope you've stopped listening. I know, now. exactly. Sorry, Daniel, <laughs> to scare the crap out of you over that. That's not going to happen to you. No, it's we not. We also wish you for you have, an yes. easy entrance into the world. Yes. A very easy yes. and smooth and peaceful entrance into the world for your child. Yes. However, if it does not happen, just know that the two of us have four children that have <laughs> come in in various different ways, and they're all relatively normal now. Yes, they give are. Give or take. Yes. Yes. Give or take a, a few small quirks. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But there we yeah, are. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm so excited. He's going to have a new a new little podcaster. Yay, baby. We should send him a little. You know what my favorite gift was when Isaac was born? A little onesie that said um, mommy podcasts and a microphone. Aww. Kathy Kelly sent it to that me. That is adorable. And it was. She actually gave it to me while I was pregnant at PM. And it was like the best thing. Putting him in it was like the greatest joy. We should send him one. That is amazing. I didn't even know. But that's so, yeah. so adorable. You remember when I got that little one? No, dude. I was like six months pregnant. No, I don't remember at all. You don't? No. I can't believe it. I yeah, we were in, uh, not Chicago. We were in Dallas. Yeah, I don't remember that Crazy, crazy, crazy. Those- yeah, so good luck to you. This is a show that so far is very short on news. Yes, it is. Not- but now Let's we're going to keep going. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and do some of these. Uh, I'll go back to the news, but we're going to do some tips because I think that this is really important for us to get to since we're talking so long. Elsie's Tool Tips. All right. So wave. Um... I've been in correspondence with Beard, who is one of the founders of the company Wave, which is W-A-V-V-E. And Wave is an app 
that creates uh, kind of like uh, a little audio bit of your show, but makes it into a movie so that you can share it via social media. Now, it is like marketing and engagement, um, you know, tools for podcasters and digital audio creators. Uh, now, it, this is not a new idea. So there are other pl- people that do this sort of like Clamor actually does a little bit of this. They, they create that. Um, and also Audiogram by WNYC. NPR has a tool also that does this for you as well. The thing is that those tools at this moment are a little bit harder to employ because you need to have somebody in the back end that is coding the open source Uh, information out for you to create this easily, supposedly on your site. But Wave can help you do this yourself. And um, so we've been kind of talking with Baird and he's done a really lovely, uh, I think he's he's really listening to the community. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Um, So cool. It's very cool. So basically what you do when you have an account, because you do, this is not a free product. You do sign up for an account. Uh, And then what you do is, is you get a snippet of your show and you kind of like have it inside of Wave and then you can have your own graphics and you can you can um, make those graphics be whatever you want per per audio bit. Uh, and then what's the cool part about it is that it has the little sort of like audio wave moving up. Bars. And little audio bars. Sound waves. Wave sound waves. Little bars going up and, you know, up and it's down. It's extremely cool. And uh, so it's really easy for you to sort of like share via social media that way and instigate people to perhaps listen to the entire show because it's nice to look at. You know, visually it's very appealing and most people are going to be are more used to watching a video or clicking on a play for a video than um, audio files, especially in places like Facebook and whatnot. So you guys check it out. Hopefully um, we can get a little bit more information from Baird here to let our community know what's going on with that. And um, I've, you know, I've talked to him about it a little bit uh, according to kind of like, I always like the voice of our community because a lot of us have a lot going on already and it's already really, really challenging for us to simply get a few tweets out of our show. Yeah. Um, so adding something like this uh, requires a little bit more resources, whether it's somebody that you outsource this to or perhaps you put more time into it. And what I said to him is that we really do need to see an ROI for this. So if we're going to be investing time in creating these little audio movies style things we kind of would love to see that it's working to make these podcast listeners come to us and then we will Mm -hmm. use it more because i know for me one of the reasons that i stopped clamoring and doing stuff like that is that it was it was too hard it was like i was spending yeah and it wasn't giving me the what i you know what i mean like it was so hard it wasn't yeah it wasn't worth the time invested exactly and so we that's what I said. So, but it'll be really great. You guys check it out and see how it falls. It's a great uh, marketing tool. Maybe not using it for every episode. Maybe just for ones that you're really, really super into or want to really promote would be awesome. Um, as a way to use it as a promo for your show would be really great. So yes. keep an eye out. Jess and I will be trying, attempting to use this a little more. But Jess, you've got some tips for us today. I have, I think... <laughs> Um, this is not tool tips. I think we need a new section called Jessica's Pet Peeves. Oh. Because these are things I've noticed in the last week or so that I just can't keep my mouth shut about it any longer. Cannot. Yes. 
So here we go. I'm not even going to do a jingle because I don't even know what it would sound like, but right, it's my pet peeves, yo. Okay. No, you have to do a jingle. You have to I've sing so Jessica's. I know you have to sing Jessica's pet peeves. So then I can take this and, and make a, a jingle out of it. So when we do Jessica's pet peeves, we, you can't just not have a jingle. All right. All right. It's all ridiculous. Right. I do all right. It? Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Else you can do. What you kind do of music? Anything. Doesn't you sing it? I'll match Something the music. Something ominous. Jessica's pet peeves. <laughs> that was so perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad you did it, not me. That was beautiful. I'm so proud of you too. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, John. John. Okay. Um, okay. Firstly, I've had two or three different clients this week that I've been consulting on growing a show and all of them have required an audit. And the first thing I do for the, well, not the first thing, but one of the things I do is listen to the intro and outro to see if they have calls to action because, hey, guess what? Your show is not going to grow on social or anywhere else if people don't follow you and they don't know that you have a Facebook and a Twitter and everything else. But once in a while, I come across a client who is a John Lee Dumas student or someone else's student, but that's that's the most common problem. And they have a show that's, for example, about something really like serene and quiet, but they've contracted the person that did um, Get Ready to Ignite, his, the voiceover guy, oh, John's voiceover my guy. my God. So here's a perfect example. Oh and I'm going to, I, I have to point that I, I don't, I'm not sure if I should even say what show, but I will say that the client that I was working with lives in Hawaii. He's extremely soft spoken and sweet. And he teaches, you know, men to feel more gratitude and abundance. Like it's life coaching. And at the beginning of the show, knowing that he lives in Hawaii and knowing, cause I've spoken to him on the phone, I expect to hear like, a beat, but you know, like a ukulele or some kind of like somewhere over the rainbow kind of thing, like the Israel, <laughs> whatever his name is. And then I hear, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to pay it forward with, you know, whoever. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> yeah, like that. Why is this happening? And so that's the first, like, I, when I was like, um, that's not even the feeling you get. Then he comes on and he's like, hey, everyone. I mean, he's a great <laughs> podcaster, but it really throws off the feeling you're going to have. Like, the intro is everything. You are setting the tone and the feel for your show. If you have copied John Dumas's feel and you don't feel the same that he feels, if you don't get on the mic and go, hey, what's up, everybody? then that is not the right intro for you, period. So listen to your intro and ask yourself, does it represent you? Or are you hoping to emulate someone else's success by copying the things that they do? Because the reason why it works so well for John is because it is John. Right. That is so John. Yep. If you've ever met him, he will say ignite four times in a sentence right. while you're talking about whatever. See, that's just the way he is. He's super energetic. If you're more relaxed, laid back, like cool beans, all good in the hood kind of person, don't have that as an intro because it's silly. Okay, yes. I'm done. On no, that that's rant. like Let really, that's absolutely correct. And I completely and utterly agree. And I will take it just to one tiny little step further, too. I mean, I completely understand in terms of the audio branding. 
Um, so because that's what that is, audio branding. But the other part of it is what kills me too is when somebody goes and spends money on a really highly produced intro, right? Where you, where the sound quality is is really stellar, and then they get to the Production, show, yeah. And the show yeah. sounds like they're talking on a telephone. And that, to me, is equally as bad. Even if the branding really matches, the, uh, the sound really matches with the, with the podcast. So uh, I would actually not do that. I, w- I would even not even have an intro song and just be really st- stick to what I know and then upgrade from there. Because it sounds awful. Because it feels like, oh, what happened? It doesn't bring your yeah. professionalism up. If your audio quality is not on par with your intro that you had produced, then don't do it. That is my two cents. Silly. Keep going. Silliness, I tell Keep you. Keep going. Silliness, I tell you. Silliness. All right. I'm All right. done. Yes. Next. The next pet peeve of mine is people who are killing themselves doing five shows a week because they think that is the key to more downloads. No, no, no. And the argument that I've been given back when I say you've got to cut your shows back two a week, one a week, they say, well, if John can do seven days a week, look how well it's worked out for him. Yes. Okay. But John had a very expensive podcasting coach and three assistants. You, my friend, are killing yourself. You're killing yourself. Five shows a week is a lot. And as far as advertising goes, it's not doing you any favors, which brings me to the third pet peeve. Stop counting your total downloads. Stop counting your total downloads for your show. Stop it. If you have 100,000 downloads overall, that is not impressive if it's a show that's been on for two years. Right. Right? Yep. And that's our situation, actually. I think we just hit 100,000 downloads. Did we? I for our even show. Touch. We're a little over, I think. Or maybe it's, maybe I'm sorry, maybe it's, she, maybe it's Lady Business Radio, which I, I haven't like, touched what? in two years. Uh-huh. But like, <clears throat> but like, advertisers do not care how many total downloads because you have repeat listeners and they are not stupid. Also, if you have a five day a week show and you have 300 shows and you have 100,000 downloads total, that's even less impressive because it means the same 300 people are listening every single day. Exactly. And, and not, not growing. So, yes. So what? Right. So this is what I would like to add to that also for you guys to start to track your, again, your episode downloads per month and to see if the, the episode download numbers actually grow. Because what you start to see yeah. a lot of the time with a, people like this is that you do a wonderful job of maybe um, doing a little promotion of your back catalog and whatnot. And so your past mm-hmm. downloads are getting more downloads than your current downloads, which actually does not equal the fact that you are growing your audience. So your audience isn't growing what you're doing uh, yeah. you know if if you, this this is something that you guys need to look at you need to have more downloads for your latest episode than your past episodes i always go back a month yeah. so like if i was looking at someone's numbers and today's the 14th i would go to november 14th and see how many downloads of that episode has. yes and then slowly start to see and then that's how i yeah. price a show um because here's the thing. I'll give you a perfect example. I signed a show. They have 550,000 downloads a month. And you're like, holy shit. And they do seven a week, right? So seven a week into 500 is still, it's still pretty good, right? But 
the most sh- the show a month ago has 13,000. So that's what I price on. 13,000 per episode is the price you have to give, not 100 and, you know, even if let's just say they were, let's just say they were even doing one a week. Then it would be um 125,000 that you would think I'd be able to price on. No, because you, the, because most of those are going to be past shows. Mm-hmm. Some of it's going to be past shows. So it would end up being more like 50,000, not 125. So the number that you have total per month also is really only useful if you do a weekly show. That's the only way you can divide by four. So all of you who are doing 20 shows a month, you're not doing yourself any favors. So if you're killing yourself, stop it because it's not helping you. You think you're getting all these downloads, but it's the same thousand people. Yes. Exactly. Listening every day. Exactly. And that's how I have to price it. Yep. So so who are you killing yourself for? Those thousand people? What if you what if you knocked your show down? This is what I said to the client who's doing I think he's doing seven. I, I, I got him to knock it down to five, which that in itself was a big argument. But I was like, here's what you could do with all that extra time. Grow. But you're spending so much time making the graphic, putting up the content, writing the show notes, doing the tweets, scheduling the tweets, and then boom, you got another show the next day. You can't, there's no time to breathe. You need time to, to facilitate growth. And you can't do that if all you're doing is pumping out content like a mad person. Yep. Yeah. Right. I completely agree. I completely agree. But I, yep. but how many times a week in she podcasts? I've hit 200,000 downloads. Well, big deal. Your show is five minutes and it's every day. <laughs> Big deal. Well, I think what's tough is that it looks impressive. And I think it is impressive to some degree. I totally understand it. And I think it's and I and I see uh, that it's nice, you know, that people are, are, are getting those downloads. It, and I think what's a challenge for uh, me is that there's a balance between, yay, good for you. That'll keep you going versus the reality of, of what it actually means to have that, yeah. you know, because there are incredibly a bunch of different ways to be able to raise the amount of people who are downloading your show. And the real, real true number is the ones that are your your people, the ones that are truly engaged with your community, the ones that are going to do it because they love you. They're very few and far between. And it doesn't matter how many features you have. It doesn't matter how many, you know, tweets you put out there. You're slow. That's slow. It's a slow build. It's a slow build. Slow, slow. slow. So yeah, Jessica is absolutely right. You guys just need to listen to that even though, and then this is what's the challenging part with all that kind of crap is that people get so, they're so, their egos are, are so wrapped up in numbers. It's, it hurts them. It it physically hurts them to see their numbers drop. And I have to say to you guys, it's okay. Your download numbers does not equal your success at all. Like if there's nothing attached to it, zero, nothing, nothing. So it's, it's just, and it's really frustrating because most people are going to put it in your face and that's the other, the other part. It's like, that's what people are going to ask you most. How many downloads you have? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like a a brand you need to put in like, Oh, I got this. Right. So I, I say we need to start to celebrate other things is what I say. Next, I want to hear more of this. This is fantastic. I'm so happy. Wait what? a minute. I think that's all I have. 
Is Stop it? with the five. Stop, Stop counting downloads. downloads. Okay. Well, great. Okay. That's it. Well, and good. You're, I mean, I could keep going. Yeah, but go no. On, but let's yeah. not. Yeah. But I think that's, that's good. good. Intro. No five. No more five shows a week unless you just have to say something about your subject every single day. And and your total downloads don't mean doodles. No. And now the Weird and Wild yes. Show of the Week, which we also do not have a – what's it called for? What do you mean? It's what's it called? Oh, we don't have a jingle. Don't have a jingle for this, but we will come up with something like this. Maybe I can have my girls make one up. Yeah, I'll, I'll record them saying Weird it. Weird and wild. Yeah, I'll, I'll have them record something. Yeah, let's let them do it. That was bad. <laughs> okay. It's not – I mean I always say weird and wild and then, I'm, and then I always start this segment by going, it's not that weird. <laughs> but it's something that people don't know about. So – Maybe they do know about it because he gets really good downloads. But savingsangel.com. Okay. So it's it's a whole website and podcast about extreme couponing. What? So like, for example, yesterday he um, posted the best paper product deals December 11th through the 17th. So you click there and then he gives you a list of like – the bath tissue and paper product stuff this week, two ninety nine on the nice brand and Scott tube free ones, like all the coupons and you can click and download them. I don't know who he has doing it or how it's getting done, but it's, it's incredible. Incredible. I tell you. And then the show. So like then the podcast, if you go to the podcast part, um, the most recent episode, how to cut down on holiday stress, your guide when you don't know what to buy, how to get a debt-free college education two ways, Black Friday 2016 safe online shopping, his favorite savings apps. It's all about saving money and couponing. It's insane. Holy crap. It's crazy. I know. So much content. And I don't even know if I want to get into extreme couponing because the ADHD person in me says this is a lot of work for saving $2. But the bank account... (laughs) in me says this is a really good idea so i'm trying to get better about couponing without making it consume my life where it it looks like it could consume your life yeah and i guess the you know i like the idea of of coupons i really really do i think that that's awesome i I like them especially online right absolutely i think the problem is that usually the things that you have coupons for are not something that i really actually want to have in my home nor support so that's why I stop because it's like it doesn't matter to me that I can get you know whatever for really really inexpensive uh, at a regular gro- grocery store when the food that I'm eating isn't necessarily even food it's just a bunch of chemicals and preservatives which is usually what happens. I mean, uh, that's true. It doesn't do you very no. much good to get free craft macaroni no, and cheese. That's it, true because we we don't have it. You're never going to usually feed your you know if that. I can find right. a coupon for the things that I already use. Hey, I'm totally in for that. But but he's so smart because he has a VIP program where you get additional savings and VIP grocery uh, deals and stuff. He's a he is a genius. Smart. I have to say that was a genius move. Genius move, Josh. Mama loves it. Um, yeah. So check out savingsangel.com. I just think that's. I don't know. I like hide- highlighting the stuff I'm finding. Yeah. No, it, it sounds really fantastic. I really, truly really does it. Last it. time we talked about, whatever we talked about last time, we also talked about fish nerds. Yes, we did. And I said something about how yeah, women don't listen to right. fish nerds. Well, apparently this week on fish nerds, he had a woman, a woman fisherman. I know. And then he actually sent us a... Um, um, Just to tell me exactly, how wrong I am. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and a video. He actually posted a video on our, on our show. 
linking to the woman who is uh, fishing. Yeah. I mean, I went fishing and stuff. Yeah. You did? Did you catch a fish? I ha- I've caught some fish, yes. Did you eat it? Yes. Delicious. Incredible. The thing that I didn't... So you didn't throw it back. You're not a throwback. Not... Well, no. At that time, it depends on the size of the fish. So I actually mm-hmm. did... I mean, I've done a pretty decent amount of fishing uh, in my life, actually, for being who I am. I what? have. I know. But I don't, you know... You know how many times I've done it? Oh, I have done pretty... I've done ice fish. I've ice fished. I have... Um, uh, river. I was in uh, lake, lake fishing, river fishing, and deep sea fishing. So I've done mm. almost. Yeah, that's a lot. That's of a lot of fishing. Also. I have to have say. Have you ever gone hunting? Let's go no. a step further. No, You've not hunting. hunting. I have not gone hunting. No, I have never gone hunting. Would you? Nope. Would you? Uh not particularly. Well, unless I was living like in, you know, the Russian outback. And I needed to buy, like, kill something to keep myself warm for the for the winter. So you would not wait a minute. So you've never been hunting yet. You're willing in Russia to skin and kill a bear for warmth. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. 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 Or another I animal we, to I, eat. I, I see a cartoon in my head of Elsie with a bear skin around her, like in Tropic Thunder, when he kills the panda. And he's like walking. Spence Stiller is like killing a panda. Then he walks around wearing the panda on his flesh, like a like a symbol of strength and pride. So the other bears will oh, leave him alone. My God. Which is funny because, as far as I know, pandas aren't that violent. I don't think that they are. They're usually the from, from what I remember in a for funsies. In my tiny little bit of of tiny little bit of research on pandas. They really love to eat uh, eucalyptus leaves. That's like one of their things. And bamboo, yeah, right? Yeah, eucalyptus leaves are a little, you know, they get them a little bit high. So most pandas oh. are slightly... Woo, they're smart. They're, slightly, they're smarter woo, woo, than we thought. Really nice and mellow. <laughs> they're smarter than we yeah. thought. So <clears throat> that's it. I've never been fishing. Never. Yeah, I'm not going to invite you to go. It's not a no. thing that you would like. Don't bother. Uh, no. No. Don't invite me. No one invite me. I will never go fishing. I will never go hunting. I have shot shot a gun before, but not at another, like, a target practice. Well, why, how would, I mean, if somebody shoots a gun for the first time, they're not going to shoot it at someone, I don't think. I mean, you would go target, you know. I mean, you would well, hope. Yeah, exactly. But there probably are scenarios where people are defending True, themselves. True, but I think that, that I mean. Way. Yeah, I guess that would be get, take us at a completely different discussion. But if you own something, like if I had like a uh, another tool, because a gun is a tool, if I had a saw, I wouldn't just mm-hmm. not use the saw. I would learn to use the saw and saw things and, you know, cut things. And right? I am oddly a very good shot for someone <gasps> who did. T- <laughs> Thank you, John. Get the crap out of me. I just, I just hit that cardinal right outside my window. <laughs> I just killed a chicken in my neighbor's front yard. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, no, I'm a, I'm oddly a good shot for someone who detests shooting a gun. And my husband was all like, "Wow, you you have a great aim." And it's probably because I'm, you know, I'm I'm you know very laid back person, and so it makes you know when you're jittery and nervous, hitting a target is right. hard. But I just kind of like eh. take a deep breath, aim, and boom. There you have but it. But I really hate it. Okay. So well, much. Well, there you Pay have it. it. Sweet. Um, 
So I did have to, to be... an article that I wanted to discuss, but I think it's a much larger conversation. And I'd rather, I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes so that you guys can go read it. And I would love to get your feedback on it because it is something that um, is, uh, it, I'm actually kind of angry about it. You just growl. I'm angry. I'm angry. I am. I am triggered by this article. So okay. So the article's title, so that you guys can listen, and then we will discuss on our episode 125, which is next, um, next, next, next time. time. And it's actually our reflections of 2016, which actually will fit perfectly into the, our discussion um, here. But it's anyway. So the title is "Podcasting Stratifies into Hard Layers." Look at this article oh in the show notes, please, guys. Read it and give me your feedback. You're... And then we will discuss it. Were... Ooh, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I totally feel like that. Episode 125, we'll be discussing this. And it's really going to bring, uh, I think it is a theme for 2016. And I am inc- I am wound up about this article. So you guys go ahead and read it. And we will discuss on episode 125. That is all. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to go? Let's go. Well, that really left it not hanging. I know, right? But we are going because we've been talking for so long. I'm on the edge of my seat. I feel the need to talk okay. about it now, but <laughs> it's okay. fine. We'll, we'll wait. Will. No, no, it's fine. Um, but if you want to support us uh, in our uh, life in podcasting, please go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash sheeppodcast with just a dollar a month, guys. One dollar. One dollar a month. You can find that in your pockets. You guys, put your hands in your pockets. I'm sure you can find a quarter or, you know, two dimes and a nickel and add a dollar for a month and just send it over to She Podcast. We would so appreciate it. It's easy so, via PayPal. God, it's so easy. So easy. So go over there and, and, and give us some love. And if, Don't forget, we split that yeah, dollar. Dude. Yeah. And it's so little, but it helps us out tremendously. Yes, absolutely. And we said the other day that if everyone gave us one dollar, it would make such a difference. Well, what? guess what? Not many of you have done it. <laughs> oh my god! We had so many more people do it, though. I have to say, I mean, it's it's. We great. have had a lot. Wait, maybe I should look before. Yeah, I no, say there, that we sure. have had a lot, and and you know what? It's going to be getting better for you guys because I am taking you under my yeah. wing. Oh my god, we're up to thirty-four dollars a month. Under my you. wing. Um. So yes, I am. I'm going to take my patrons under my wing. Um, anyway, uh, if you have any more, <laughs> I can't wait to see what that turns out to be what? like. It, good luck, Patreon guys with me. Um, you can Yay. send us feedback to feedback at shepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash shepodcast. You can find our Facebook group over on shepodcast over there. And we're heading over to the 5,000 female podcasters in there, which is incredible. Almost there. We are almost there. It is cray. So that is all, people. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Mean it. Peace out.